Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up? Welcome to Kicks. Today we have one of the stars from Saved by the Bell. He's, you can find him on the upcoming Disney Plus movie, Chang Can Dunk, and he's one of the biggest Sixers fan around. My guy, Dexter Darden. What's up, Dex? How you doing? What's up, my brother? How are you, man? Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you. No doubt, man. So, like, you have a lot going on right now. Um, like I mentioned, Saved by the Bell, you have an upcoming Disney Plus movie. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we'll start with Saved by the Bell. I've been fortunate enough to be a series regular on two seasons so far of Saved by the Bell, the reboot or the continuation, should I say, on Peacock. And, um, you know, it's a very special uh, experience for me growing up, loving that show, you know, watching it as a kid right before the bus, school bus came, you know, eat my bowl of cereal or my bacon and eggs, you know. And so it's a dream come true to be able to be back at Bayside and be able to play such a cool, grounded, artistic character on the show. And um, yeah, so you can check that out on Peacock. And all the originals are back too. You know, Mario, Elizabeth, uh, they're in every single episode. We got John Michael Higgins coming as well, but we also got the original Zach and Kelly. And of course, Lisa Turtle pulls up. So it's cool. If you like the original, this is like a new transformed version, single cam, much more grounded. And um, for the Disney Plus joint, uh, Chan Can Dunk, man, that's Selena Waith, uh, Rishi Rajani, directed by Jingyi Shao, uh, production, um, man. And, it, and it's, it's really, really cool. It follows uh, a young Asian-American kid by the name of Chang, who makes a bet with the star of the high school varsity basketball team that he could be able to dunk by the homecoming football game. And uh, he goes and looks up this guy to go and teach him um, by the name of DeAndre Cook, and that's who I play. And I go and me and Shane build this relationship about basketball and sneakers and dunking and why is this? Why is he doing this? And what is his actual purpose in life? So it's a beautiful coming of age story, like for high school. And you know, we've seen a lot of that um, from a, from a white perspective, you know, and even a little bit from a black perspective. Not not as much, but. I don't think you've ever seen what it's like for a first-generation Asian-American kid to grow up in the United States. And also talking about the influence of hoops that, like, Kobe and Yao Ming and these guys and Michael Jordan and Stephon Marbury have had in China and how that Asian influence really impacted the, the – and, like, how the influence that they had in Asia, excuse me, really impacted how much basketball became the most popular sport over there. So it's a really cool movie, man. So I'm, I'm happy to be – tapped into some really cool projects you know from the synopsis that i read i didn't see the trailer i couldn't find it but but from the synopsis like you said it's a coming of age story and from yeah. what i read it kind of reminded me of, of jeremy lynn's come up but like on a smaller scale yeah man no it's exactly that and the trailer hasn't dropped yet because um uh, they, they're, they're pushing the movie until all-star break of february so they're going to drop it around all-star break i think on Disney Plus, which would be cool because, you know, the NBA always does partnerships with the youth when it comes to the All-Star Weekend and they like donate to the Boys and Girls Clubs and so forth and so on. So I believe Disney is going to try to partner Chang can dunk with that process to be able to give back as well as educate others on the influence of Asians in basketball. You seem like a basketball purist. You seem like you watched a lot of it over the years. Like when it came to oh, man. of like the actual basketball sequences of the movie, 
like were they kind of accurate because when you watch like basketball movies in particular like you could tell like some of the basketball moves they like aren't realistic yeah so so one thing i will say man um gene the director of this movie uh is a huge hoops fan he's an asian boy you know what i mean but he spent a lot of time he grew up in jersey spent a lot of time in the coast so he grew up a big basketball fan. So one thing that he is, is he prided himself on, he wrote this movie, you know, not only is he directing it, he wrote it. So he wanted to make sure that the basketball scenes he was writing uh, were authentic. And, you know, mind you, Chang is not a basketball player. He loves the game of basketball. So throughout this journey, he's trying to learn how to play, not necessarily be nice at the game already. But from the stuff that I'm doing and the stuff that you'll see at the parks, uh, we partnered with Game Changers, who are just this legendary sporting choreography company for TV and film. And, I mean, they've done everything from every single movie you could ever imagine, from Friday Night Lights to Remember the Titans, so forth and so on. And, um, you know, I personally worked with this young up-and-coming choreographer by the name of Khalid Mutakabir, uh, who had a major influence on me and my game. Because I played in high school uh, as a young boy, but I, I kind of fell off of it once I started acting, you know. But I had a hoop in my blood. And Khalid uh, actually is Kyrie Irving's double on Uncle Drew. So, you know, he had the handle and the jumpers and all that kind of stuff. So he really got with me. We were doing two-a-day workouts, man, up in the morning, uh, in the gym, working just on drills, and then in the evenings doing choreography to make sure that the basketball scenes that you see are authentic and real. And so um, I think we pride ourselves on, on, on how the basketball comes out and looks in this movie, even though it's a coming-of-age story. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's good, man, because I remember the first time I watched Bougers a couple a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was watching, and I was like, man, I could beat all these white boys if I wanted to. Not right. Really at all. Right, and that's so important because, like, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing for me whenever we watch these hoop movies, bro, like, growing up loving basketball, like, if, if, if not love and basketball, shout out to love and basketball. Oh, shout out to Kobe and LeBron, by the way. But um, also loving basketball. It's important to watch those hoop movies and be like, yo, are, uh, was it cool? Because in the 90s, we had some real hoopers. Also real actors who could hoop, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dwayne Martin, he was balling, you know? So, like, we, we had, we, we it, I hope now that we get back to that era where, these sporting movies, like the Giannis movie that's about to come out, this this movie with uh, Queen Latifah and Adam Sandler, um, all of these projects are starting to get back into the authentic roots of what basketball is and showcasing it in the right way. Um, you mentioned NBA All-Star Weekend. One of my like guilty pleasures is watching the celebrity game and just seeing how bad the basketball is. Like, if you oh, was man. Game, how many points you putting up? Because I think like I could put up a good 10 points 10 points, Yo, five rounds, five assists. You know what's crazy is my boy, uh, one of, like I've had a couple friends who have played in it. And uh, one of my best friends, Jimmy Allen, just played in this most recent one. And I think Jimmy went off for like 30 or something crazy. He was cooking for like 26. And me and Jimmy play together, you know. And I know Jimmy can play, but we have a different style of basketball and how we play. Like I'm more of a come down, set you up. And then, oh, oh, don't leave me open because I'm going to hit that bitch. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to hit that bitch. That's just going in. So, like, so, um, but seeing Jimmy shoot first and just go, I'm like, I might be able to get loose for at least 20 in a celebrity game. If I get a heads up, you know what? Let's go ahead and put that into the atmosphere. Promoting Shank and Dunk, NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm going to play in a celebrity All-Star game, and I'm going to see if I can go for 20. Because I don't know what Jack Harlow, what Jack Harlow just had. Did Jack have, like, 10? And he got the lead in white man can jump. So I know I could do something. Big facts, man. I was I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I'm like Jack just and Jack got a little Jimmy, but I can shoot that thing. You know what I'm saying? I got I got a little pocket. You're gonna see it shaking duck when you see that boy letting it fly. That's really me. I'm gonna post some of my training footage leading up into it and stuff too. So uh we'll we'll see. Hopefully it showcases me in the right way. And look, look, yo, what if this movie comes out and I just look ass as hell? <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna be embarrassed. I gotta drop a heater after that. Bitch too, coming next. You know what I mean? Yo, did any, like, real games, like, pop up on set? Yeah, you know what's crazy is that's so funny you asked that because I was hoping, like, when, when doing a hooping movie, I kind of got disappointed with how much it is choreography and not 
as much free-flowing hoops as you would have liked it to be because, you know, the choreography is important because you got to set up the camera angles, you got to set up the the shots, you know, the director needs to know the lens, they have certain actions that they need to catch. So you don't really have much time for pickup. But there was one day that me and Khalid were training in the open gym and uh, we were uh, we were um, auditioning some uh, featured background actors to be hoopers. And these are guys who play in college, you know, a couple guys who played at um, St. John's, St. Peter's College. And um, they were watching this and they were like, yo, let's get a two on two tournament. And Khalid played like overseas. Like Khalid, if he didn't have a knee injury, could have possibly went to the, you know, at least a D1 and at least to the league. You know what I mean? Like, so we just get grooving. And then one game, they were like, okay, game to 16, best two out of three. So they want, so we won the, no, we won the first game. And I think I went like four for five from beyond the yard. The game was ones and twos to 16. So I scored eight. So then they started D'ing me up and putting my, <laughs> putting the forearm in my chest, you know, and I'm like, shit, don't watch my face. I got to be on camera tomorrow. <laughs> um, but we, but we really got into it, man. We battled and these college boys ended up putting up a good fight, but we came out and they, we split the series one and one. And then we won game seven at home. Khalid went off for like 12 in the last game, the 21. It was nuts. It was nuts. And, you know, it just showed me that different level of like, I could be a really good player at LA fitness, but like on that college level, European level shit, like I'm not on that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like I can hang with some D2 guys because leave me open, I'm going to knock that bitch down. But like that level of pro athlete, there's a different gear there. And I guess it's similar to acting. That's why people always cross over because like when I'm in a scene and the director needs me to either cry on the next take or make somebody laugh on the next take, or he's struggling with a dialogue and needs a filler line that might make sense. Like, that's when I got to shift into my gear to go. So that's when I'm like, I'm happy that I was an athlete as a kid so that I can tap into that, like, animalistic mentality to be able to accomplish my job. You know, it's funny that that you mentioned um, about the athletes. I remember one time at St. John's, this was when Chris Mullen was still a coach. Wow. I kind of challenged him to, like, a three-point contest. I figured, all right, he'd been out the league about 30 years, um, bad back and everything. Yeah. As soon as he took that shot from the top of the key, I ain't getting that one shot off. Bro, bro, I got a story about how Luke Walton gave a team that I was playing on 60. <laughs> so, yo, Luke Walton, right? So, like, and this, he's still coaching. So, I was, I, this is when he was like on the, he was assistant coach on the Lakers staff. So, he wasn't out the league for too long. And I had just moved to LA. And I was like playing, you know, pretty competitively. I was younger and I was like more in basketball shape. And I was playing with these guys and they're like, yo, come play at this league with me and LMU and Loyola Marymount. Like, you know, it's good runs and shit. So I'm like, okay, I pull up, right? I pull the fuck up. I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be light runs. Up there, like it's officiated, whatever, whatever. And competitive though. So we get in the first quarter and I'm like, we playing and, and he's good. He's cooking. But I don't realize he's cooking. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, like that's Luke Walton. First five minutes I'm playing, I'm like, oh, this is Luke Walton. I'm not guarding him, but I'm like, that's, he's, he's a leaguer. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I look up at the end of the first quarter, this nigga had 20, bro. I'm like, Luke Walton? <laughs> like, and he was hitting spins, fade. And that goes to show you, like, Andre Drummond's one of my best friends. He's a rebound bruiser. We pull up to LA Fitness out here in LA, and... Dre's coming down the court and hitting you with the shimmy shimmy wobble to you know reverse all that shit. So we we played together for a long time, Andre and I. So we we know how each other operate. But it's so cool seeing these guys out the league and understanding that like the worst players in the league, like the guys who we were like, oh, he's a bum or whatever, was the best dude from his city ever. You know what I'm saying? Like the big coldest nigga ever. Yo, it's funny that you mentioned Luke Walton, right? Um, I forgot who I was talking to, but dude said Luke Walton looked, he looks like one of the dudes from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah, Luke Walton for sure with the bass side. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Luke, Luke Walton's wife might be named Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> <laughs> and now that you mentioned them, um, like I want to do kind of some like old school um, NBA ex Saved by the Bell comparisons. Like to me, oh, like I love this. I love this. Like the old oh. Zach Morris, he kind of gives me like Tyler Hero vibes. 
Oh, okay. So you're talking about you want to go from back then to yeah. like the players then to who, who they would be now? Yeah, like Zach Morris, um, AC Slater, Screech. I think Screech. Hey, okay, so he'd be car. He'll be nah, nah. You know what? You know what? He might be Westbrook because Westbrook was doing that dancing shit. You know what I'm saying? And also like, uh, like Macho Man. So yeah. I love you, Mario, but AC Slater is Russell Westbrook in the NBA for sure, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go and say Jesse Spano is Di- is Diana Taurasi. Oh, Diana wow. Taurasi, you know what I'm saying? Like tall, she could dance. Diana got wobble, you know. And and, and Elizabeth is still on our show, and she's like the OG, and Diana's like the OG of the WNBA. You know, she's like she's like the white mamba a little bit for them. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Jesse is a, is Diana Taurasi. Uh, Lisa Turtle. Lisa is. Hmm. Oh, that was a hard one for me. I was kind of thinking Skylar Diggins a little bit. Yeah, maybe Skylar Diggs, but nah. Who is uh, Swing Cash? Oh. She might be a little Swing Cashy. Maybe a little Swing Cash, or Maya Moore because Maya Moore is sexy to me. And you know, I love. Hey, Joe, I love you, honey. But you know, and and but Maya Moore, like when watching her play the game, and like Maya Moore in high school could dunk, <laughs> like was dunking in high school on grown rims, and she had handle wobble, and she was like, you know, a beautiful girl as well. And now she's an activist. Like Lisa Turtle has that activism, like fashionista icon, strong black woman kind of thing. So yeah. So that's that's how I would compare Maya more than Lisa Turtle. Um, Screech is Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> Screech is or, or, or like Adam Morrison. <laughs> like what happened to Adam Morrison? That's what happened to that. And then, that's what niggas gonna say that R.I.P. Dustin. Like you know, he passed away, and, and he was an icon for our television show. Like if it wasn't for him, we don't exist, right? So. He's a legend in my eyes. But he was kind of a goofy guy who had a big pop and then faded out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And, like, next thing you know, he's got a mustache and he was doing, like, adult porn and shit. So that's kind of what Adam Morrison was to me. Like, Adam Morrison popped that Gonzaga. Boom. He was like, oh, this guy got everything. Got drafted by the Lakers. Got the big contract. And then, like, just kind of got a weird mustache and disappeared. So that's strange. I'm trying to get that money, too, man. Yeah, word up. Word up. How about um Mr. Belden? George Carl. Carl. What's the yeah, George Carl? Who the he was the old head coach for the Denver Nuggets? Yeah. George yeah, Carl. Yeah, that's he's a hater though. I don't think Mr. Belden would be hating on people like that. He wasn't, you don't think so? You don't think he was always hating on like Zach Morris? Nah, they kind of had like a love-hate relationship. I love hate. You're right. You're right. You're right. Let me think about this. Like, I, I think I was thinking about this earlier. Like Nick Nurse. I think he's like, kind of like Larry Brown. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Zach Morris is Iverson, and then he's Larry Brown. That's true. That's very true. That's yeah. We'll go with there. Yeah, they never really yeah, got that is it. respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. You know, the the younger kids today, like, they're always shocked at what they see on your on um, the show with um, Zendaya. On HBO, mm. I the name of Euphoria. Yeah, Euphoria. Euphoria. But yeah. um, but when Jesse OD'd on them pills, that shit will Yeah. And she was so excited and she just couldn't hide it. Like that was light. Like we never saw nothing like that on television before. Like, you know, this generation is numb because y'all got we got like cell phones now. Like, you know what I'm saying? You FaceTime your friends. Like back then we had to ride our bike to go see them niggas. You know what I'm saying? So like, so I I, I think. I think this generation gets spoiled, so they have like people have to go on Euphoria, and you have to see High Scale is doing heroin. Back then, Jesse Spano had popped some caffeine pills, and we didn't know she was gonna make it. <laughs> she was in the hallway crying. Zach had to hug her out. It had to be a love fest. That was that was that was emotional. I'm just saying. Amen. Well, it worked out for Jesse. She got hooked on the pills. She got off the pills. She got on the pole. Got off the pole. And now she's back at Bayside. It all worked out for her. That's a fact. That is no, that is true. That is true. And and look, she's back and she's the principal or like the guidance counselor. She's not the principal, but she's the guidance counselor at Bayside. So it worked out for her. 
And who better to be the guidance counselor than somebody who's been through all of that? For real. We even make reference to that in the show, if you watch season one, man. Yeah, season one yeah. has a lot of Easter eggs towards, you know, and plays homage to uh, the show in, in really cool and, and inspirational and creative way. You know what I'm saying? And we try not to be too campy and too, too cheeky, but we, we do a good job of it. I was surprised you guys made that reference to uh, Showgirls. Yo, we don't pull no punches. That's Tracy Whitfield. That's our showrunner, man. Tracy don't pull no punches, bro. Um, and 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 she approaches topics aggressively and intelligently, and like it's 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 beautiful to see. Cause it's nice to be able to be like, yo, I can rely on my showrunner to really take risks and make choices, and and you know write creative storylines for people of color, while also not being able to pull punches on some of the crazy stuff that the people in our show did before. You know what I mean? All right, so before we talk about hoops, man, like the first time you seen Tiffany and Batiste, man, like what was going through your mind? Yo, so like, so I remember like season one, because you know, the first time I saw Elizabeth, I was a little bit floored too, because I saw Elizabeth for the first time in person in the callback, and I didn't know she was going to be there. So like I had already done one audition and then I get my like producer's call back at Universal Studios and I knew that she was listed as a producer like on the breakdown and shit in the email, you know what I'm saying? But like, I didn't know that she would be there. So when I walk into the room for my producer's call back and I'm like, oh shit, that's Jesse Spano. And she still look like Jesse Spano, nigga. Like her hair is curly. Like she got the, you know what I'm saying? She still got it going on. So then I, when I saw the script, I'm looking and I'm seeing like episode four, I think. And I'm like, oh my goodness, Tiffany's going to be there. Bro. I go into the hair and makeup trailer and she's in the hair and makeup trailer as well. And I just like go over and say hello. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Kelly Kapowski like pulled together like everybody and their mom had a teenage crush on this woman. And now she's a grown woman, you know, and now I'm talking to her. And then I'm like, not only is she still Kelly, she's the coolest bro. Like she's into, she cooks. She's like into crafting wine and, and crafting cocktails, pairing it with her food. Her and her husband have a beautiful relationship. They have two kids. So, of course, you're like, damn, I'm so happy that the girl I had a neighborhood crush on grew up to be like the neighborhood mom. I knew she would, and she's still fine. Like, let's go, you know? So so that's really what went through my mind all at the same time, to be honest. <laughs> man, <laughs> man, if I haven't met her, like Dr. Umar, he's just going to have to understand. Yeah, right. Hey, bro, you got to go ahead and just, uh, you're going to have to go ahead and take this L, big dog. <laughs> All right, man. So now we got to move on to hoops, man. Like, I see, okay. I see the Sixers. They just eliminated the Raptors, man. They was looking kind of yeah, shit a little bit. Yeah, yeah, man. We was. So now, like, all of Philly and Doc can sleep easy for right now. But for a minute, it looked like Doc was going to blow, you know, another series lead. Yeah, you know, I think, I think. <laughs> Doc was mad, you know, Doc was talking about how everybody's talking about this 31 losses or whatever. But uh, no, I know, I, I think, um, I, I think that we, I think we're okay. I think we're good. You know what I mean? Like we're healthy. And I think that James had a game six that he needed to have. James had that game six that needed to remind motherfuckers like, yo, I'm still James Harden. Like I can still step back, shoot look in the camera and shimmy and I can still break headlines. I can still power off the dribble and dunk on you. Like I can still, we can still dance and wobble. I can still create for others. Like Buddy had 22 and 15 guy. Like he he wasn't like, he wasn't no shabby and we got the MVP. So um, I, I think Doc is in a better situation. And I think that our team has a bit more heart than all of them teams, but the Orlando team. Like I like because I as much as I love the Clippers, like I love going to Clippers games and I love them. And Chris Paul is one of my favorite players to ever play the game. But that team cried a lot. Like it wasn't until Jamal Crawford came off the bench that people started feeling relief. Like every single foul, Blake would be like, you know what I mean? Like they all would be crying. So I think that if you leave, if you have a cry first mentality, and not saying that Joel and and and. James, don't do that because they do be throwing their hands up for whistles, but what superstar don't? But that team, that that Clippers team didn't have a heart that we did. And, you know, they were also based in L.A. We based in Philly. We based in the heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, we fighters. So we we, we don't go back and disappoint. Like, like, they can't just come back and disappoint us. You know what I mean? Doc got a little bit more pressure today. Like, Doc, if Doc don't get through this, like, 
it's not it's not he's not worried about what Stephen A. Smith got to say. He's worried about like who knows his address leaving the Staples or wherever we play. One day, Doc, Kyrie, Kwame Brown, they all, they all gonna pull up on Stephen A. <laughs> Kwame Brown, dog, Kwame, <laughs> Kwame, man. Kwame, that oh, he should pull up on Stephen A because he wasn't pulling up at the free throw line. That's for sure. You know, but um, I think I think the Sixers is gonna be all right, man. I'm a little worried about Miami. Gotta be honest, I'm a little worried about Miami. But uh, I don't know if anybody could do anything with number 21 in the post, man. I think Bam's gonna have to double team, and if Bam doubles and James is playing like James from Game Six, I think we could. I, I'm taking Philly in six. I'm looking forward to that um, Embiid and Bam uh, matchup, but I, yeah, I think um, Bam could, could um, contain him one on one. But like James Harden in Miami, you really trust him playing at Miami? <laughs> I said it's going to be tough. I, I said Joel's going to have to get doubled. I'm not worried. I'm worried about like I need Game Six, James Harden. I need 22 of 15 or. 34 and 10. Like that's the harden I need. I don't need the, I don't need, I don't need this, this 15, nine, and four harden. Like that's that harden don't win us anything. So and I, so who's gonna win the Jimmy Butler Harden matchup? If I had if I was a betting man, I would bet on Jimmy Butler. But if I'm betting on the best player in that series, I'm betting on Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is the best player in that series. And in playoff basketball, you cannot tell me that that doesn't matter. You can't tell me that doesn't matter. Man, I don't know. Like, they're playing the Heat, though. Like, I'm worried about them road games for the Sixers. I'm, I'm not really worried about the home games. Them road games is going to catch up to them. Yeah, yeah, them road games is going to get tired. That's true. That's true. And James got a strip club problem, so he's going to be out in Miami on the, in the yeah. evening times. He's, he's going to be shooting four for 21. Um <laughs> for 21 yo yo i would say i'll say this i'll say this i believe in our role players more especially if kyle lowry's hurt if kyle lowry's hurt i believe in our role players more and miami got a deep bench and they play defense they play defense but i believe in maxi over tyler hero I believe in T- Tobias Harris over the Martin twin who starts for them. I mean, they just played this G League guy and he got heart and he's good, but like, I don't know if I'm believing in him over whoever we decide to put in at that four or five position. You know what I mean? So I I, I, I think B-Ball Paul coming off the bench too. Paul Reed is, a is I love Doc not taming his ego and being like, DeAndre, come on over here and, and sit on the bench. Paul Reed is going to be our backup center unless we need some height. Like I like I feel like Doc is I feel like Doc is taming his ego in order to let this team fly. And he's never we've never seen Doc Rivers do that before. Except for when he was in Boston and he had to because he had three killers and what KD Kevin Garnett would have bit his head off. That's crazy. You know that 08 Celtics team, they still celebrating that. Bro, they hold on to that title like they hold on to that title like they the Patriots dynasty. <laughs> like they hold on to that title, yo. The, and like, how they they get so mad at Ray Allen, not even standing next to him at the NBA seventy five. I'm like, are you kidding me? Ray Allen was huge on that team, huge, huge. Like, what? Ever win a title during my lifetime? I'm talking about that for thirty years. Who? If the Knicks. Oh, you a Knicks fan? Yeah, man, through and through. Hey man, I appreciate that. I, I know it. I get it. I'm, I'm a Sixer fan. You know what I'm saying? We've we've been to a couple finals a little bit more serious than y'all. How do you feel about y'all? I got a theory about y'all Knicks, by the way, and I want I want to know what you think. Hey man, like for the Knicks, they got karma. Like they're on karma's bad side because James yeah. Dolan don't treat people right. Yeah, so. that, that's 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 my theory. <laughs> that's my theory. <laughs> That's my theory. I think y'all are a course organization because y'all and also like the best teams in the most popular city was like y'all teams were so gutter and fought so hard. And that just like the next organization I, I I compare like 
I can pair with that. Outside of Pretty Allen Houston, like the rest of y'all were like gritty. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the complete opposite of everything I feel like your owner stands for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like James Dolan don't like black people to be black people, if that makes sense. I mean, he's a Trump supporter, so I don't... <laughs> no, we don't got nothing else to say about that. Next question. <laughs> kind of going back to Philly, like, um, do you guys still hate Ben Simmons? I know he's here in Brooklyn, and he ain't making too many friends here neither. I've seen him play. <laughs> do we hate Ben Simmons? No. I don't... I think we have passed him. I think we're going to boo him whenever he comes because of what he did for us. I don't think we hate him anymore. I think that was just, like, the... Like I think, this I think the smartest thing Ben Simmons could have ever did was not play when he came back to Philadelphia, because he might not have like I know he didn't play for his back injury, or whatever you guys want to say it was. But if he'd have played when he came back to Philly when they returned, boy oh boy, and he got exposed, we'd have we'd have sent in a foul, I'd have hacked him, sent him to the free throw line, and he'd have had to hear it the whole entire time. So I think. Ben is more afraid of Philly than Philly hates Ben, to be honest with you. I think we're on, we're, we're trying to compete for a chip, bro. We worried about Miami. I don't think we're worried about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, ben Simmons is more worried about his courtside outfits than playing a game in the NBA this season. I mean, like, even if Ben is scared of Philly, like, he's in the same division as the Sixers, so he, he might as well just get it over with. Yeah, that, y'all going to trade him. Brooklyn going to trade him. Nah, like, I have this theory, too. Like, I don't think Ben Simmons is going to play a game for the Nets. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to get traded. I think I think they're going to trade him. Nah, I don't even think that. He just might go out like Royce White did. And just never play. Ever again. Wow. And you know what's crazy about Royce White? Like, he's wow. Like, he, um, he's a right winger now. <laughs> really? Like, like, talking mad shit. You know what? My mother always told me that Ben Simmons, she never liked him when Philly drafted him. And she always wanted us to get Jalen Brown. And my mother was good at basketball, too. And she always wanted us to draft Jalen Brown. She said, I like this kid. She said, I like that brother from Berkeley. I like that brother from Berkeley. And she used to say that all the time. She would be like, Ben is spoiled. He grew up in Australia. He don't have no heart. He's not a sixer. Like, I, and I was like, Mom, you know what? Nah, like, if this guy figures it out, if he can shoot the jumper, he's 6'10". Like, this guy could be, the, you know, he could be the next, the next magic. He could be this, that, and third. And the sad part about it is he still can be, but it's up here. He's spoiled. He never had to work for nothing. He 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 changed colleges because his daddy's best friend was the head, got his daddy's best friend to be the head coach. He can't take, he can't take rules and structure. You know what I'm saying? So my mother was right. The, the, the more of that story is listen to your mothers because my mother always said I want to feel that she always wanted Philly to draft uh, Jalen Brown over Ben Simmons. I'll never forget it. I got to own her there. Yeah, you know what's crazy about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? The Nets had their draft pick, but they had to trade it to Boston. Dang. And then they just got Yeah, caught. yeah, yeah. That was the Paul Pierce KG deal, right? Yeah. And Joe Johnson was in that deal too, right? Or no, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Yeah, he was there though. That team on that, you know, you know what? That team on paper is this year's Lakers team. If you if you think about that team on paper, it was Darren Williams, Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson, Kevin Garnett, and Brooke Lopez versus this year's Lakers team of Russell Westbrook, uh, whoever the two guard was, whatever day he decided. Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Like, that is a very similar comparison to what everybody on paper thought those teams would be and what they ended up playing out. Hey, man, like, like you guys can talk all the shit you want about the Knicks, but they, oh, well, never mind. Never mind. I, I take that back. What was you about to say? Say it. <laughs> say it. Nope, nope. Say it. Nope. Nah. nah. Say it. Damn now, I was gonna say you um you can talk all the shit you want about the Knicks, but at least they never traded for um players that was past their prime. But then never mind, caught myself. I was about to say that's all you. Yeah. I was about to say Derrick Rose. <laughs> Derrick Rose putting up decent numbers. I mean, yeah, the first time y'all traded for him, they came. I'm not talking about the second time. I'm talking about the first time y'all traded for him. That's not even him. Like the Knicks, they have a long history of doing that. Like. Exactly. So you can't even say that. 
I know that's you got to catch yourself. You had to catch yourself. <laughs> I caught myself. <laughs> I mean, like speaking of Westbrook, you know, kind of look into the off season for the Sixers. You know, mm-hmm. drama aspect, and for me, that I like headlines. I kind of want Westbrook to join the Sixers, like be reunited with James Harden, and then he can fight with Embiid. Um, <laughs> Shot selection. Oh my gosh, that's because you just don't want us to succeed. See, you don't want. I wish nothing but love and the best for you for your New York Knicks. I want y'all to trade Julius Randle for Zion. <laughs> Me too. And reunite the Cam boys and reunite the Duke boys in the in the guard. Get rid of Julius Randle. Get rid of Ob Toppin and and a couple picks, and then bring 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 Zion over to the Garden. And then and then flourish, but listen, Russell Westbrook is not coming anywhere near the Philadelphia 76ers organization. And I will personally text Elton Brand myself. I'll be like, you know what? Hell no. I do. I will tell you who will be an interesting pick, and I'm worried about it because of the growth of Maxi. That's the only thing. But this Bradley Bill murmurs that I'm hearing could be really really interesting, and we go into a three guard format. Um. And and instead, and Bradley James and Maxi, like, oof. Like oof. I think James Harden, like maybe all right. Say if the Sixers do make that move, maybe James Harden can move to the three, and then like he can play the LeBron role. He he would he would because he wouldn't have to have as much pressure. He could he could kind of become like a facilitating three, which I don't know if he could do it, but he's he's strong. I, it just makes us a little small. Makes us a little small. And I like Matisse Thibel on defense, too. So, uh, But everybody keeps talking about it happening. That's the only reason I'm trying to figure out a way to make it work because Bradley Bill is such an offensive talent and unselfish, to be honest. Like how he helped Russell Westbrook get Washington into the eighth seed in the playoffs was like, what? Like, and, you know, he made Russ averaging triple doubles again towards the second half of the season. So, I think Bradley Bill is unselfish enough to play with James Harden and Joel Embiid, and also he's injury prone, so he don't want to go as hard. So we can make it work, but as long as we don't imp- imp- impede on the growth of my guy Maxi, man, that's the only thing that I really care about. I mean, like if Harden, if if Harden is not doing that, I don't think Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill, um, Bill would work. Right, I agree. No, I agree. I I I think we need to go out and we need to make a move for like. You ready for this? Well, who you got? Listen to this package. Let me think. Okay. Tobias Harris. Matisse Thibel. Corkon Corkmox. Corkmox. And two picks for Anthony Davis. Nah, he's gonna be sidelined too much. And Not for fit. Yeah, and I don't think he can play with um Embiid in the same front court. See, I disagree. AD, so he, AD, Mr. Glass, he don't want to go into the paint. He want to play the stretch four. He want to play Tobias Harris's position. Anthony Davis would truly be happy playing to playing the same position as Tobias Harris, as Marcus Morris on the Clippers. Like, if he could have his way. And I don't want him there. He wanted, I want him in the post. He's seven foot. He got everything. But that, if he could have his way, he would beat Tobias Harris. And he would be the best Tobias Harris on a team like Philadelphia with James Harden and Joel Embiid. Man, you guys make that move. You're going to have like a billion-dollar payroll. Whole bunch of- I, would give up, I would give up Harden and keep Maxi to go get AD. Watch that. Oh, Harden's 33 years old. LeBron likes old vet players. LeBron and Harden, trade Harden and Tobias Harris and and Matisse Thibel for Anthony Davis. That's the trade. Man, Rich Paul would have LeBron out of L.A. so fast if they ended up with James Harden. (laughs) (laughs) He'll go back to Cleveland. He would. He's going there anyway. That's That's where his son going. That's crazy. Right. Oh. That's crazy because mm-hmm. um, I was talking to some scouts, and like most of the scouts I was talking to, like they don't think Bronny is an NBA 
player, but just because of his name, he might, you know, sneak into the second round. I, I, I say this, like, I've been, I've been, I've been, I watch hoops, like all hoops. I'm not just NBA. I watch AAU. I watch high school. I, like, went to see uh, Cam, Cam, uh, Camden High play against, um, what, what's what's the name? Sierra Canyon. Came to high against Sierra Canyon this, this year. Um, and saw Browning play against DJ Wagner. And um, I, I'll tell you this. I think LeBronny's senior season is going to tell a lot. Because he was sitting behind Amari Bailey. And Amari Bailey is like the number one pick or whatever, going to UCLA, whatever. And Bronny really couldn't get loose. He's playing good in AAU. So I think that he's going to pan out. If he gets a little taller, if he gets close to more, like a couple more inches, He'll be he'll be a, a prospect in the league for sure. Absolutely, he's an NBA guy. Because you gotta think about these guys that they like getting in, like DeAndre Hunter's in. You know, and I'm not saying Bronny's DeAndre Hunter, but Bronny plays defense. He can see the floor well. He can knock down the corner three. And DeAndre Hunter is is really good for a team like Atlanta. So I think if he got in and was playing on a team like a Lamella Ball, Charlotte Hornets, or something like that, or wherever his pop was, he would be valuable. You know, you just mentioned DJ Wagner. That dude is legit. Hey, man. Come on, Camden, stand up. That's where I'm born. I'm born and raised in Camden, New Jersey. So I grew up a Sixer fan and a Sixer ball boy, Temple Out ball boy, because I grew up right across the bridge. So, um, yeah, DJ, DJ's it, man. I, I saw his dad play in high school, and um, I watched him play in high school, and he's he's got it. He's got that, like, no-phase, head-down mentality, it's me and the rim and my teammates. Like I'm not. I'm. He's not like Mikey and these other guys who are getting caught up in the social media game. He's on a hoop. Have you ever bought a sneaker and like just regretted buying it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I've usually tried to return them or sell them, but I I think I was really into the like. There was a point in my life, bro, where I was just buying sneakers because like I was. I did the Maze Runner series, right? And so, like, you know, we were young and 22, 20, like, 22 to 26. I was just living in L.A., no relationship. I, like, my ex-girlfriend and I had just broken up. So I was like, I'm not spending no money on traveling or a relationship. I'm going to just buy kicks. And I had, like, sneaking collections with people who were dropping them. And I lived not too far away from, like, you know, the 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 sneaker factories on Fairfax and all that stuff. So, like, I was going there. And I was just buying stuff. And then I would be like, man, I'm, I'm upset that I bought these. So I end up dwindling down my rotation to stuff that I really wear or stuff, pieces that I'm like really proud of or attached to. Like my Chinese New Year fives, bro. Like, like I'll pro- I wear these, but I'm just so attached to, like, to this sneaker and this colorway. Like I love this sneaker and colorway so much. Like the neon, like it's the first time you ever really saw like a real Asian influence on the, on the sneaker. So these, I'm probably, I plan on wearing these back to the chain can dunk like press just to like, you know, pay homage to that culture and to how much MJ really marketed and, and blew up Chinese basketball. You know, earlier, earlier we was talking about Telfia. Yeah. these game one. Oh, shoot. Now I ain't never seen those. I ain't never seen those. But I do got these though. We didn't get to my Reebok side of my closet, but I do gotta, you know what I'm saying? I gotta have a pair of these. You gotta have every you're not a Sixer fan or you're not an AI fan if you don't got a pair of these in your closet. Question mid. Those are classic AI. <laughs> classic AI in the colorway. The home jersey colorway. Like I think the only Iris. The only, the only Iverson sneaker I had was like in high school. I forgot the number though. This was like 2002. The answers, I think. I remember that it was white. Was yeah, so- the answers. They had the strap over them. Yeah. Yeah, the answers. Yeah, that's about the only Iverson joints I ever rocked. I should have brought more. Now, thinking about yeah, it. man. AI was the man. I think my oh, I just I lied to you, bro, on this podcast. I lied to you. My favorite sneaker, I just looked right at it. It's the Cement 4. It's my favorite sneaker of all time. Hey, man, that's a good one. That's my favorite sneaker of all time. I mean, I love, like, my favorite, like, I just, it's my favorite colorway on my on a favorite pair of Jordans that I love. You know what I mean? Like, my favorite sneaker of all time is the 
one, like the Jordan one to me is the most classic sneaker look. But like, and if I'm thinking about like, what is the create, what is my favorite, like obscure sneaker in my closet that most sneaker heads should have, it would be the Cement Force. Like a, but a traditional pair, not the re-release that had Nike on, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking with the Nike Air. The OG ones. The OG ones, yeah. You know, my favorite joints is the Jordan 2 silhouette, not the actual real Jordan 2. I just like the silhouette. Just, you know, I, those are my favorite. I only have one pair of twos only because I want to complete the like the the numerical order all the way up until 13. But um but I don't even have them in my closet in my display case. Like I don't even wear them. Like they're in my they're in my my, st- my storage unit. That's how many sneakers I have. Yeah, man. It's, it's the same here. I'm trying to, like, get the OGs. Like, yeah. Well, like, all the OGs I can find don't really matter. It's not. It's only have one through 11. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Anything after that, I mean, it's either hard to find or, like, people, like, they'll fake it. Like, they'll put, like, for the ones, they'll put, like, an 85 real ones and then they'll put like a 94 next to oh really he's like yeah damn i don't got no 85s he's like 85s i do not have 85s i have 94s though actually i think i might have lied to you (laughs) og ones the ogs worn those are 85 or, or 94 I can't tell. I, I don't remember how to tell the difference, to be honest with you, bro. And I don't want to lie. <laughs> I wish I know that. I know. One, I know that. Oh. One was made in North Korea. I think the 84. Yeah, but how do you tell the difference by the tag, right? You can tell by in the. It's just in, the, in Korea somewhere. Okay. I don't have mine nearby. So. Yeah, I don't even. Let me see the left. One, the 85s was made in North Korea and the 94 and after was like made in Taiwan, I think. If I'm not mistaken. All right, we're gonna do some investigating because I'm trying to figure it out. I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some investigating. I gotta pop them open. I'm gonna let you know which ones I got. But I'm like, I don't I don't think I definitely don't think they're 85s. So I'm not gonna say here and lie. I'm uh, and lie on this podcast. <laughs> I think they are 94. Great, 85, 94. I mean, it's, it's still good in my book. Yeah, you know what? My brother actually gave him to me as a gift. Um, Will Poulter. And I got to shout him out because we did Maze Runner together and he was staying with me. And we, he's a big sneakerhead. He collects and he loves Jordans. And, and, we, and, you know, even though he's from London, he always is putting me on to, like, the sneaker stores in London. And I'm taking him to the sneaker stores here. Or like Mitchell and Ness to get some throwback jerseys if you go by in Philly, you know. And um, he he sent me a pair because he stayed with me for like a month in LA for one time, and he 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 sent me those pairs. So I gotta ask him what number they are. But I know if it came from Will, it was a, it was nice. I appreciate you, bro. Do you ever go out to the sneaker surgeon in um, LA? Yeah, they get them like to refurbish them and stuff. Yeah, he did a pair of customs to me like a few years ago. It was crazy. It ran me a whole lot. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ain't, I, he said it ran me a whole lot. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I've never, I never been to the sneaker surgeon, but I do have a couple people, a couple friends who I love. My boy Drewski, he does, he does clean shoes as well. He has his own company. Uh, my boy Mike Questions is starting his own sneaker company, cleaning company. So, I always try to support people, you know what I mean? Because it's a basic formula. Back in the day, we used to do the uh, the uh, OxyClean with the toothbrush for the, she- <laughs> for, the, for the shoelaces and then scrub the bottom, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or we'll go and get the, uh, what was the name of that? Crep, we go, crep Protect? Put that on your Tim's? You never had Crep Protect. <laughs> you had Crep Protect on your Tim's? You remember Crep? You never had a pair of Tim's if you can't <laughs> remember C-R-E-P, that shit came in a purple and black bottle and you would spray it yeah. to like make sure they was waterproof. Like I had so many, I done been through so many different sneaker cleaners. I'm like, yo man, whatever I just paid you a thousand dollars to refurbish and repaint these ones, brother. I need you to, I need to understand what exactly 
I'm dipping into because I need to see if I need to get back with this old toothbrush and and baking soda concoction. Hey man, sometimes the old school way is the best way, but most of the time, yeah. Jason Mark. That's 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 my go-to. Oh yeah, Jason, Jason Mark, Jason Mark for sure. Before we go, like I want to play start bench cut with you. Like I'll give you three things, and you tell me if you're gonna start them, bench them, or cut them. Perfect. We doing players too, or what we doing? We're gonna do players, MVP candidates, basketball movies. Let's go. All right, so for the players, it's going to be all sixes. We got Barkley, Embiid, and Iverson. I'm starting Allen Iverson. I'm benching Joel Embiid, and I'm cutting Charles Barkley, unfortunately. I love Chuck. Shout out to Chuck. But Chuck, I feel like, was still a little out of shape, you know what I mean, and, like, was kind of figuring himself out when he played for the 76ers. Like, he didn't really blossom and become – that guy, that guy, until we got the Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? Joel is that guy right now. And if he gets us to the Western Conference, if he gets us to the Eastern Conference Finals or wins the MVP, he, he deserves a spot on that team. And, okay. you know, ain't nobody, Bubba Chuck is number one always in 76 conversations after Dr. J. You know, speaking of Chuck, man, I've been looking for some OG Chucks out there. So, oh, yeah. Some OG Barclays, the ones from 94. Oh, oh, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, them, oh, I think I might have a pair. <laughs> I have so many sneakers. All right. So the next set we got is basketball. Is basketball movies. We got okay. Um, he got game. White man can't jump and above the rim. Ooh. Okay. Number one is st- I'm starting. White man can't jump. Starting that. Um. Even though I love He Got Game and Above the Rim, White Man Can't Jump, to me, had the best basketball and also was, like, the most well-acted from a movie perspective, if that makes any sense. Like, it was, it seemed to be the most complete. Um, he Got Game, Denzel is so good, and Spike Lee is so good, and I love Jesus Shuttlesworth. But if you give me Leon, Dwayne Martin, and like Tupac and above the rim, like and Dwayne was hooping. Dwayne was doing that shit. Like that was no double. Like he was really got bouncy. So I'm gonna have to go with above the rim. I'm benching above the rim and I'm cutting he got game strictly because Jesus Shuttlesworth was hooping and the basketball looked great and Denzel was fantastic. But I, I don't know if I could watch Ray Allen do a whole movie again, like willingly. Me, I would bench above the rim just because, like, some of the basketball things wasn't realistic. Like, like I seen a dude throw an alley-oop from half court, run to the other. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But which one are you cutting, though? I would cut above the rim. Okay, you cutting above the rim? Yeah, and then, um, like, I'll You know what? I would agree. I would agree. I'll cut above the rim, too. I lied. I'm, st- I'm starting. I'm starting White Man Can't Jump. I'm benching. He got game, and I'm cutting above the rim. You know, and White Man Can Jump is like is was like one of the first movies that kind of you know highlighted sneaker culture too. So that's one. Yeah, that's the main reason why. Yeah, um, and I you know they redoing it, so I'm like, oh boy. I hope they don't mess that up. Yeah, me too. But my boy Khalid, who worked with me on Shank and Dunk, is doing choreography on this too. So at least we know the basketball going to be tight. All right. So the last one is '90s TV shows. We got. Saved by the Bell, Martin, and the Fresh Prince. Damn. Oh. Don't get fired, please. I ha- <laughs> this one should be a fail for you. That's what this is unfair for me. This is un- absolutely unfair for me. The obvious okay. you should start. So so I got to start saved, right? Because they're my employee and they cut me checks and I love them so much. And wow, Bayside Tigers, right? Um, even though I'm bred from Philly and I love Philly and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is part of why I act in general. So it should be what's starting. But because I'm a Bayside employee, I got to go with Bayside. Um, n- number one, 
and then Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I'm benching because I can't get rid of that. And then unfortunately, what up? What up? What up? As much as I love bro, man, from the fifth floor, Martin, you gotta cut. You gotta go. You gotta go. See, you over here trying to get me incriminated because if I don't like this, that's a lose lose question for me. Because the black coach is gonna be like, there's no way he should have, like, you know, like, and I know this nigga ain't just go on there and keep saying about the bell over Martin and Fresh Prince. And then the white people be like, ah, what are you doing? What are you talking about? They side all day. And I'm like, I, I can't really choose in between the two. But I will say in terms of Martin and what he did, it was so revolutionary, man. As a black comic, playing so many characters on television, bringing what Eddie Murphy was doing in film to television, um, you know, showing a loving relationship between his girlfriend and his wife and incorporating music and radio, all that hip hop, fashion, everything. Like Martin was shit, man. So it's hard for me to not say Bayside, but I mean, it's not for me to go with Martin over Bayside in general, but, um, you know, in honor of what they've done for me and my life and how uh, Saved by the Bell is able to provide for my family. And um, I, I got I to gotta put them in that starting rotation. Hey, man, man, Martin was a big for sneaker culture, Fresh Prince too, and Saved by the Bell too, a little bit. because Low key, low key. Zach has some heats, the Reebok Classics. And um, he was wearing the Jordan Fives too, the reflectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like stuff like that, I didn't catch until I was an adult, especially for Saved by the Bell. And if you and if you also look at the details in the lockers in every single episode, they always pay different homage to like athletes of the week or Wheaties boxes or like females and all those kinds of stuff in the lockers of the students. So like, pay attention to those kind of things too, because they were really on the forefront of like also bringing women into the female culture um, and into the sneaker culture as well. Like what Jesse was wearing on her feet, fashion wise period, Saved by the Bell was pretty iconic as well as it, it showcasing a diverse culture. You know what I mean? Cause as much as I do love Martin, you know, it primarily focuses on our black people and our black culture, which is needed, you know, Saved by, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is kind of the bridge, but Saved was having all six different pop, you know, six different races coexist in high school and color wasn't the topic of conversation, more so just the thing that freely existed. So I think it was cool for us to be able to see a diverse cast like that at a young age, embrace the fashion the way they were. Yeah, and one more thing before we go, like, like when I saw that they added you to Saved by the Bell, like my first thought was like, I'm glad they added a brother to this one. Yeah, man, me too. Me too. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. When I got the audition, I told my managers and my agents, I was like, yo, man, I don't know if this is it for me. Like, I don't know if I want to save by the bell. And then they're like, just give the script and read. And I was like, okay, I'll read the script. And then I read the script. And what Tracy Wigfield has done with our show is when even from the time I auditioned and I stepped in with the headphones and, you know, singing songs. And like, I, I, I told Tracy, I'm like, yo, I really want to I really want to be a brother on television. Like, I, 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 like this is the closest character that I've ever read to myself. Like a former athlete who come from a troubled city, who has the opportunity to have a better, like, chance at life through a better schooling system. And, you know, is interested in exploring the arts. And, like, that was me. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I told Tracy, I want to showcase how kids from the hood can explore arts and not necessarily have to be campy or cheesy or just a theater kid. They can still be grounded and love their sneakers and still be rocking their Tims with a bright purple orange vest. Like, you know, and you can still be interested in the music that we're doing. So I appreciate that our show allows us the opportunity to showcase that. I mean, like, do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on? Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about Saved by the Bell. People can catch that on Peacock now. Um, Shank and Dunk we talked about as well. That's possibly coming out next year. Um, and also, I did this movie called The Binge, which is on Hulu with Vince Vaughn, Skylar Sando, and Eduardo Franco. Um, it's basically a spoof of The Purge. Uh, 364 days of the year, all drugs and alcohol are completely illegal, except for there's one day of the year that you can do all drugs and alcohol completely legally. And um, so I played this kid named Hags, who is 18 and wants to, like, binge for the first time and have this legendary night. So that came out in 2020. You can watch it on Hulu now. And we just shot a binge too. That's um, called Mary Bingemas. And that's coming out on Hulu, hopefully this Christmas. So be on the lookout for that. It's just a fun, loving comedy, fun ass movie, man. Just to kind of put on, get drunk with your homies or get high with your homies if that's your flavor. 
or just chill with your family and fashion flavor and watch something goofy. So uh, be on the lookout for that too. All right, bro. Thanks again for your time. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you, man.